Welcome to Envision from the United Way of Greater Charlottesville in News Radio 98.9 and 1070 AM WINA. With Price Thomas, I'm Robbie Respetto, coming to you right here from downtown Charlottesville. We want to thank our sponsor this week, Jimmy White Real Estate. And with that, Price. So we are back this week. And on the line, we have Sarah Davenport, Vice President of Ops and Lead Consultant for TMI Consulting, amongst a whole host of other things around Charlottesville, which we'll get into. Sarah, how are you this morning? Doing great. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. We appreciate you joining us. And, and so, like, we, we start every show for, uh, you know, folks who are either unfamiliar or, um, you know, might not have be, be as, uh, as plugged in. Just give us the Sparknotes version of, uh, of what, what you've been up to recently. Just a little bit about yourself. I was going to um, say, they may not know if you're greatness. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> the, the, the short, the abridged version of your greatness yeah, would be, would be a yeah. great place to start. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, you know, I've, I've struggled with that lately, just giving definition to, like, you know, kind of who I am and what I do now. But I've been able to narrow it down a bit because um, I'm, like, you know, doing so many things. I'm, like, a serial entrepreneur and, I'm, you know, um, a human service professional. So I, I call myself now a social innovator. So I'm a social innovator and human service professional. Um, and I say that I'm tech adjacent. So. Um, you know, how I integrate all of those things into um, all the work that I do is like really wanting to uplift uh, humanity and, um, you know, putting those um, kind of plugins all together to, to do my part in the world. Um, um, I'm, I'm a father, I have a family, I have children, um, in addition to, to kind of all of these ancillary things that I do in, in my um in my life, I'm, I'm big on quality of life, you know, for all people and how people can experience their whole and full selves. And, um, and I think that that drives me in the work that I do. I want to see people reach their optimal potential, and I want to be a part of anything that is helping people from all, um, you know, you know, parts of the socioeconomic continuum um, achieve their their. Um, ultimate potential i want to be a part of those things that are doing that so that's me in a nutshell so sarai you are the founding director of city of promise um whose stated goal is a child-centered approach to educational support and it was modeled off of the children's harlem zone and which was an incredibly successful program um why did you choose education as your focus i mean i imagine that has to do with your you know desire to to support and help community kind of like you said but I know it took a lot of social innovation as well to get it off the ground and, and get it going. Yeah, so let me give some credit to you know, folks who were, um, you know, doing a lot of the work before I even arrived. Um, you know, um, I was actually working in D.C. I was working in Morty. I was working for the Knowledge is Power program and kind of the origins of the Charlottesville Promise neighborhood and City of Promise were being developed. Um, and incubated first in the um, dialogue on race, right? Mm-hmm. These, um, these ideas began to, you know, kind of come to life in that forum um, around what type of comprehensive educational, um, you know, program could be developed in Charlottesville to deal with this longstanding uh, achievement gap. And, I, you know, I had been, like, in the background. I was deep in D.C. at that time working in um, education up there, um, and, you know, after, you know, some time, there was um, some funding that came and was available in Charlottesville. Um, and then I, you know, kind of, you know, people started to put the feelers out and see if I was interested in maybe coming back. 
to lead up. So there was already work being done. I can tell you who was involved with Quentin Harrell was mm. instrumental, an instrumental piece of developing that. Um, even, you know, with Dialogue on Race, Holly Edwards, um, Gretchen Ellis, Kristen Zakos, Jackie Bryant, um, and a host of others. I'm going to mess up because they're going to be people that I miss. But there was just a lot of folks that were involved with that effort. And then I came in as, um, you know, they, you know, when we developed a talking point as as the point, almost like in the basketball terms of the point guard, right, the general on the floor, and how to direct and lead the operation as it as it was directed with kind of like my human service and education background, um, bringing all of my experiences to the table to kind of lead this, this effort. Um, so, um, you know, I think it was, it was it was it was amazing. Uh, we did some amazing. We actually visited the Harlem Children's Zone. We went up there and did the Practitioners Institute. Took took neighbors from the community up there. Um, took practitioners from Charlottesville up there to really learn from the folks that have been doing it well, and then brought that um, that knowledge back. So that's a long story. I did that for almost five and a half years. So I could probably write a book on um, my work. You know, kind of leading initially being the initial founding director of. Uh, Charlottesville Palms neighborhood. <laughs> so, so I have a question for you because I was talking to Andrea Douglas about just the other night. You know, she said there's really only two long-standing black-founded and led nonprofits. She said it was City of Promise and African American Teaching Fellows, and of course, her effort mm-hmm. over at the Jefferson School. What can black-led, black-founded nonprofits do to make sure that they can stay economically vibrant and and, and have a legacy of service in the community? Yeah, it's interesting, and 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 I and I don't want to put all the onus on black-led um, organizations because I think a lot of the the reasons why sometimes they may not be as successful as they can are for um, reasons that may be outside of their own power, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, I think what they can do, and what I found helpful for me, is to really develop. Um, your acumen in all things fiscal, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's fiscal with an F. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and you know, I think that that is a that is a very good thing to do. I think um, you know, really developing a a laboratory um, for learning for yourself that um, extends beyond Charlottesville. And developing a, um, you know, a, a kind of like a practitioner uh, or professional development that extends beyond Charlottesville, because I think in general across black-led or other-led organizations, you know, I found that in Charlottesville sometimes you become very insular and not really understand that there are very much so best practices that are happening outside of Charlottesville in the world that we can draw from. There's much that we can teach, but there's so much we can draw from. So I would encourage people to, like, understand that you need to be a part of national networks. Mm, you need to be a part point. of national conversations. You need to know what's cutting edge. you got to be ahead of the game. you got to be able to, to bring in um, value that may not exist, not just for your organization, but for the entire community. So if you get stuck kind of thinking that you're it and you got all the ideas, um, there has to be a posture of learning at all times. So, you know, a couple of things is like fiscal, 
Um, and then, you know, this posture of learning beyond um, Charlottesville. And I, I guess for a third one, I would say um, relationships mm-hmm. um, and really kind of spending time in the community and having authentic interaction with people at every level, um, no matter what their socioeconomic status is and being uh, reachable um, and accessible um, to an extent that protects your quality of life and your peace and what you, you know, you want to, um, how you want to kind of carve out space and boundaries in your life, but um, making yourself accessible and being very intentional about just being a good person um, and connecting with folks at every level. I think, you know, you, you know, master the fiscal, set up your, you know, laboratory for continuous improvement and development as a leader and as a practitioner, and also be very intentional about your relationship development in the community. I think that'll take folks a long way. And, I, and it may seem implied, and you know, but I think, um, it, it, you know, those are the things that really work for me. For those of you just joining us, first of all, shame on you. And second of all, you are listening to Envision, United Way of Greater Charlottesville, News Radio 98.9, 1070 AM, WINA, Ravi and Price with Sarah Davenport. Uh, I, I want to... There's a, a piece of the City of Promise that I want to just circle back to because you're obviously big in education and, and very well-versed and deep in that. And I'm interested in your feelings on this as a professional and as a father. When you mentioned a child-centered approach to educational support, I'm curious, how how sustainable is that versus sort of a, sort of a system-driven approach, right? Because if we understand that we have children like your children and my children, we're, we're sending you know black and brown children into schools that are built by and, and taught uh, you know, a very whitewashed version of history. How much work can you do on an individual level versus having to move the entire system to benefit these kids over the 10, 11, 12 years that they go through in all of their schooling? So a little bit of what you're talking about um, may be what people sometimes characterize as apples and oranges. So what I, let me let me just kind of read um, redesign what you just said and restructure it. Um, to say that you are child-centered means that we shift our focus from the needs of the adults and the systems and we shift our focus to what are the, or what is, what should the ecosystem look like with the child's growth and development at the center and um, in mind. Okay. And I think that we, are, we allow that to happen for other groups, other um, populations, but for some reason for um, disproportionately affected or under-resourced communities, we have a tendency not to center the child and the development of the child in that place. For instance, I'll break it down in a, you know some kind of layman's terms. If a child fails in education, you know, is that a fault of the child or is that a fault of the folks who made the assumption that they were going to... Um, you know, um, be able to deposit things into this child, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, shifting the focus from the needs of the adults in the system and shifting the focus to the child 
is 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 I think the way to go. Now that doesn't exclude um, us from dealing with systems and ecosystems. You know what I talk more about, like what are the ecosystems that produce the greatest impact and result. Mm-hmm. In fact, we shift the onus on the work of 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 our young people being successful from the children to ourselves as the people who get paid to do it, the people who have been, you know, so-called trained to do it, who have been educated to do it, and it shifts the responsibility onto us, not just um, the, the, the practitioners, the teachers, but us as a whole community to include parents, to include um, community-based organizations, how are we all working together in unison to produce this result for this child and the child's needs that are at the center of the work that we do? So you're slated to join the board at United Way. And, mm-hmm. of course, being, being the director, <laughs> it's fun to ask you this question, but, but why? And what about the organization makes it something that you want to link your name to um, and put your energies into? Um, it's mainly because... Um, you know, Robbie is so great, you know. <laughs> it's the relationship, right? We're gonna have to we're gonna have to cut that part out, you know that, right? Yeah, we don't want no, that going to my head, please. No, um it, it you know, I think it really is about relationships. Um, you know, to be honest, um I've been like, you know, kind of out of um being involved kind of in a very deep way for a while now, you know, about four years. I've been kind of doing my work on the national level um, and also, um, you know, just kind of being more behind the scenes, um, supporting. And um, I know that was going to come a time when I needed to kind of reengage and, like, um, and lend whatever value that I could support back to, you know, a community that I love deeply. Um, and, you know, and because of my relationships, um, you know, and some encouragement, you know, I've been, a, I've been, you know, um, very thoughtfully considering how to get involved in the United Way was, um, you know, it wasn't a hard choice because, yeah. um, of the relationships that I have in the community and the folks that said, you know, that, that would be a good, um, kind of way that you can still be involved, um, you know, uh, in the community in a way that's constructive, um, positive, and helps uh, the overall community. So, Yeah, absolutely. The human service focus, too, is obviously in alignment with a lot of your work over the years, and children, which is a big focus for us. Yeah. Yep. So I'm just curious. You're a serial entrepreneur. What is the next project? Uh, you know, I think, so, um, for me, I think what I really need to do is to kind of Codify my experience. I'm interested in my the parallels between my personal life and my professional life. I think I think there are a lot of parallels, and I want to get that down on on paper um, mm-hmm. and kind of share that um, with whomever would be interested in um, seeing those parallels. You know, with the idea that maybe it could be broadly helpful for you know, creating some pathways from for young people who, you know, came from under-resourced communities like I did and may not have had, um, you know, the greatest um, 
the most resources to kind of get started in life, but we're able to navigate and find a way. So that's the big, you know, kind of thing in my background. I need to be working on it. I have somebody helping me with it, but part of it's just on me and finding the time to do it. So if I can do that, you know, and that's basically I'm writing a book. Oh, well, yeah. If I can get that done, you know, at least a kind of a first draft done, by um, the end of this calendar year, I will consider um, myself somewhat of a success, you know, as far as accomplishing those goals that I've set forth for myself. Yeah. Do you, so I would just say, you know, this show is about economic scaling and creating wealth in the black community. What What advice do you have for, you know, the young guys coming up behind you that want to start businesses that maybe come from backgrounds that are... They don't have all the resources, right, but they have big dreams. Yeah, I think, you know, first of all, I would say um, trust yourself, you know, because a lot of, you know, the reason why people don't get started in the first place is because they live in this self-doubt. They have this imposter syndrome and, like, you know, um, you know, access, you know, in education, well, we call this thing called accessing prior knowledge. A lot of the stuff in business, you know, a lot of young guys, you already know, but how can you transfer that into different spaces where you, you can be entrepreneurial? So transfer that prior knowledge and um, being a, um, a posture of, of listening, kind of like the same thing I said for executive leaders, being in a position of listening and learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is my business philosophy always, you know, as I've gotten older, because I've you know, I made mistakes along the way, and um, is, you know, always put yourself in a position to win. Right. Um, and, and what that means is, you know, understanding that you can't do everything by yourself. You need the support of others um, and, you know, scale. It's, there's nothing wrong with small beginnings and, um, and think long term, you know, think, think marathon, not sprint when it comes to business. There will be ebbs and flows. There will be cycles, but you got to keep going. And the people who continue um, and don't quit in the midst of, you know, those ebbs and flows and cycles are the ones that inevitably get their 10,000 hours and master um, what they need to master in order to be a subject matter expert in whatever they're doing. And then you start to begin to see the, the fruits of your labor and the results of that time you put in. So don't give up. Keep going. Um, yeah. And it's my advice. That grit. That grit is everything too, right? You've yeah, got to stay committed. Yeah. So uh, we're we're running up against time, but I do have one more question to ask because in various sort of interviews and things that, that you, you know, even along your social media, this quote keeps popping up, and 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 it reads, "Don't ask what the world needs; ask what makes you come alive and go do it." Because the world needs people who have come alive. So, so the the last question, what we'll close on, is that what is that for you? What what makes you come alive? Yeah, that's it. so that quote comes from Howard Thurman, who was actually a mentor to Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, and Howard Thurman is heavy mystic, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one of my guys, right? And that quote for me really kind of set me free in a way to not worry about what people thought about me. And to understand that um, I have a purpose in life, and that my job is to to live out that purpose. And the closer I get to that, 
the more fulfilling my life will be, the more vibrant and joyful I will be because I am living in a sense of purpose. And and the world doesn't need people who have shied away from who they really are and their purpose. The world needs people who are driven by, who have done the deep work and the deep excavation within themselves to show up um, wholly themselves in every situation. Mm. That's powerful. That's real. That's interaction. That's connection. And the world needs connection now more than ever. And I think that, you know, when we do that, um, we make a better place for everyone. So I just want to be one that, that lives in that space where I'm going to be my authentic self at all times. And, and hopefully that transfers into a really powerful connection that helps us to grow as um, humans and, um, and, and collectively and individually. So. Yeah. I'll just say I, I keep that on my lamp on my bed, that quote, for years. It's, um, it's one of my favorites. Oh, great. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Yeah. You yeah. two don't even need me. I was thermin is I was thermin <laughs> right. like way ahead of the time. I was thermin <laughs> drop some eternal gems. He does, he does. It's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> well with that that is our time for this week. Big thanks to Sarah Davenport and also to our sponsor, Jamie White Real Estate. If you guys have ideas for the show or just want to get in touch with us, check us out on social media on all platforms at United Way Seville. Drop us a note at envision at unitedwayseville.org. If you want to keep up with Sarad and his work, you can follow him on Twitter, S. Davin Poe, and Instagram and TikTok, Sarad Speaks. And I saw a video. You, um, why did you, so that's your own son, sir. Why did you have to do him like that on the court? <laughs> oh, yeah, he ha- he asked for it. He challenged me. <laughs> yeah, he made an assumption that I was too old to, mm-hmm. you know, take him on in basketball, and he made a poor assumption. Yeah, Dad still got a little bit in the tank there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, for Robbie, this is Price. Big thanks to Sarad. We'll see you guys next week. All right.